I would like to welcome back my listener to WTF Politics and other stuff too. My name is Vic, and today I'm going to talk about the Transportation Secretary, Pete Goodedgett. Uh, we're going to talk about East Palestine and the train disaster that happened there, and Senator John Federer. Let's talk about Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Okay, that's kind of a tongue twister and a mouthful, so I'm just going to call him Petey from now on. All right, Petey's a Harvard graduate, a Rhodes Scholar, and he served in the Naval Reserve as a lieutenant. He was the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. On its face, you know, that's impressive credentials, I have to say. Let's break it down a little bit. In the Navy Reserve, he deployed to Afghanistan for seven months. I mean, if you look at his wiki page, it states he had a few jobs in Afghanistan. And the one that makes me laugh the most is that he was a, quote, armed driver for his commander. Really? Armed driver? Who the fuck wasn't armed over there? I mean, this is just another politician trying to pump up his resume for political office to make make his job sound much cooler than it actually was. Now, look, I can respect him for wanting to serve his country and serving his country, but just be proud of what you did without hyping it up for hyperbole. I mean, it goes to say that, you know, he says he jokingly referred to himself as an armed driver as, you know, like military Uber. Okay, he had to watch out for ambushes, explosive devices along the roads and ensure the vehicle was guarded. Again, that's pretty much anyone over there you know, riding along, you know, they had to fucking do it too. Not just him. I mean, it's not like his job was like G14 classified or some shit where he was some super sailor. I mean, I bet his armor, you know, his vehicle was armored and he was always part of a convoy with some, maybe some gun trucks for protection, you know, just, you know, all the hua vehicles over there. I mean, you know, shit. When I was there, I, I didn't have an armored vehicle ever. I was driving around in a Toyota Pajero that was rented from the locals. You know, again, this is just hyping his resume up. You know, I mean, then he served in the Afghan threat cell. You know, the finance threat cell targeting finances of the Taliban. Okay, I mean that. I mean that's cool enough on its own, right there. You know, I mean, be proud of that. Uh, the wiki page goes on to say he was awarded the Joint Service Commendation Medal. All right, big freaking deal. I got one of those for being there, too. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised, you know, being an officer, he didn't get a bronze star like most of them did. And that's just for being there, not even doing anything. So, all right. Next, he gets elected as mayor of South Bend, Indiana in 2011. Before PD took office, uh, forgive me if I mispronounce this name, some Jihid Vasquez. It was a 16-year-old black male found hanging from an electrical tower on April 14th. Vasquez's backpack was on the ground near his body. Uh, Several things were missing, according to Vasquez's mother, Ms. Jones. The coroner, Chuck Hurley, who had zero medical experience, claimed his death was a suicide. And later on, Petey appointed Hurley as the interim police chief. You know, his body was cremated without an autopsy being conducted, you know, and his mother, you know, 
Ms. Jones tried to get Petey to investigate her son's death, but he did not, fearing, you know, political blowback or the risks. And according to Ms. Jones, Petey told her to call his office, but, you know, she never got a response and never got through. All right, 2019, and Petey wants to be President of the United States. So in January of 2019, he announced he was forming an exploratory committee to run for president, which we all know he really wants to run for president. He ran a campaign and did okay, but finally dropped out in March of 2020. On December 15th, President-elect Biden nominated Petey as Transportation Secretary, which of course the Senate confirmed with a vote of 86 to 19, uh, 86 to 13. All right, I and pretty much everyone else knew that we were kind of in trouble with this guy at the helm. I mean, right off the bat, he start, starts talking about the transportation industry and how racism is rampant through it. I mean, why are you talking about racism and every aspect of the transportation industry as your starting point? It's just ridiculous. Jump to 2021. COVID hits, and we all know how those supply chain issues were caused, wreaking havoc across the country and the world for the most part. We all know how that went here. You know, I mean, dozens of reports of, you know, hundreds of ships just sitting in the harbors or out at sea, unable to dock, causing shortages of consumer goods. Why was there no plan in place to get these things in? Who knows? I mean, he was out of the loop of the supply chain crisis out on paternity leave. For the first month, he was offline, except for issues that he just could not pass off, that he could not delegate. His paternity leave lasted for two months. Now, look, I understand people need and should take some paternity leave. However, when you're in a, you know, in a position of national importance, especially during the worst supply chain crisis in history, you need to step up. You really need to step up. That's part of public service. That's what you signed up for. You just have to put the needs of the country over your own sometimes. All right, 2022. With a rail workers strike looming, he took a trip to Portugal. Even if, even if this trip was planned well before, again, you're in public office and you got to make sacrifices. Now, President Biden and the rail workers union reached a deal, which we all know fell apart really freaking quick. Now, during that rail crisis, he did make a video in which, you know, he posted up talking about a new airline consumer dashboard, but said nothing about the rail workers strike, which we all know. And I'm pretty sure he had little or nothing to do with. I mean, what do we expect? I mean, he's on vacation. You can't really bother the guy, right? All right. Now it's 2023. Airline industry in a tailspin. Cancellations are up. I mean, more than we can count. Airline, you know, we all knew airlines were publishing schedules. They, we damn well knew they couldn't keep. I mean, at one point there was like a 106 minute national shutdown of domestic flights, delaying thousands, thousands of flights. I mean, if the airline was already on his radar, like he claims, why did it happen? Why did he do nothing to act again? I mean, the public is getting really tired of committees and panels being formed after a crisis happens. I mean, it's really just a waste of taxpayer dollars. I mean, it just seems like this administration is more reactive than proactive. I mean, they're proactive on like all the wrong things, 
but they're mostly reactive to what really matters. Of course, the Democrats have jumped in to defend him. I mean, they have to. He's the golden child of the Democratic Party. You got the Biden pollster, uh, John Anzalone, if I'm saying it right, defending Petey as a, and I quote, a fucking hero, end quote, to the airline passengers. You know, he said this during an interview with Politico. I mean, again, Democrats are going to defend him at every turn. They cannot afford not to. It means they made a mistake or they failed at something. And, you know, we can't have that. All right. And then we now a little more present. We have heard about the train disaster in East Palestine, Ohio. It took them two weeks, two weeks to make any kind of statement about the disaster or even acknowledge it. He was too busy talking about how there are too many white construction workers in, you know, underprivileged neighborhoods. Now, granted, those are not his exact words, but I think anyone can infer what he was saying if you just listen to the audio clip of what he said. Uh, You know, here, take a listen. To work with your contractors, uh, to work with your community colleges on building a workforce that reflects the community. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing, doing the good-paying jobs don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Right. You can build community wealth that will help close wealth gaps in this country if we can tear down those barriers. But that happens at the delivery level. Okay, you see what I mean? I mean, this lit up a firestorm of criticism. One of the first things he said about the derailment was, wait for it, we all knew it was coming, it's Trump's fault. When you have no explanation for your ignorance, ineptability to handle the position you were appointed to, the Biden administration's go-to answer, of course, is blame former President Trump for fucking everything. This guy has no business being in charge of the transportation industry. He's not qualified one bit. Going to Harvard, serving in the Navy, being a mayor of a small town does not constitute being qualified to run the national transportation system. All he has done is bring up race, blame Trump. I mean, I cannot find one meaningful meaningful thing he has accomplished in his two years in office. Not one. So in conclusion, this guy should not be in charge of putting anything together or managing anything. Even a Lego playset he shouldn't be in charge of. All right, enough about this fool. Let's talk about that environmental disaster in Ohio for a little bit. The train derails with toxic chemicals. A few tanker cars catch fire. And for fear of the other cars, you know, tanker cars exploding with uh, toxic chemicals in them, what do they do? Dig a trench to drain the chemicals from the tankers and burn them. I guess I have a few questions here. Why not bring in some 18-wheelers, transfer the chemicals to them, or if a faster response is needed, why did they not line the trench with at least something to you know hold in the chemicals? Look, I know it's easy to Monday morning quarterback, but seriously, the people in charge of this should have protocols for something like this. Obviously, you can't plan for every contingency, but if these chemicals are that bad, 
why are you going to cause an environmental disaster, you know, in addition to what's already happening? I mean, here's a list of chemicals that we're burning in those tankers and the health issues they can cause. Now, I'm going to probably murder some of these pronunciations, so forgive me, but here we go. You got vinyl chloride, a colorless gas that is used to make polyvinyl chloride plastics or PVC, which we're all familiar with, and it's highly flammable. And when it decomposes, it can make toxic fumes. According to the National Library of Medicine, it's also a carcinogenic and can cause other health issues. All right, we got butyl acrylate, whatever the fuck, A-C-R-Y-L-A-T, I can't pronounce it. A clear liquid that is used for making paints, sealants, and adhesives. It's flammable and can cause skin, eye, and respiratory irritation. Ethyl hexyl acrylate, whatever the fuck. A colorless liquid used to make paints and plastics. It can cause skin and respiratory respiratory irritation. Under moderate heat, it can produce a hazardous, hazardous vapor. Ethylene glycol monobutrol. That's a mouthful. A colorless liquid used as a solvent for paint and inks, as well as some dry cleaning solutions. It's classed as an acutely to- it's classed as acutely toxic, able to cause serious or permanent injury, and is highly flammable. Vapors can irritate the eyes, nose, ingestion can cause headaches and vomiting. And this is what they burned off in this small town, and leaching into the soil as well. You know, one thing of note I find really interesting about this whole disaster and the mess it is, not one peep out of the environmentalist, not one fucking peep out of them. I mean, they released chemicals into the ground and into the air. I mean, the soil is now contaminated and already we're getting reports of wildlife being affected really quick. As a matter of fact, they're finding thousands of dead fish. Chickens are dying. People's pets are falling ill all of a sudden in mass. I mean, did they not think these chemicals leaching into the soil would be a problem? Under Again, I understand the concept and fear of, at the time, but it was really poorly executed. The EPA and government officials are claiming that it is safe to return home and that the air and water is safe. You know, we're even getting this from the Biden administration saying it's safe. Okay, if it's truly safe, why don't you all come down here, or I'm not there, come, you know, go there, walk around, have some tap water, you know, hang out, see how it goes. Are you going to risk it? Because you know damn well they're not going to do it. I mean, the White House just released a statement that it's not going to provide the town the necessary agency, you know, not provide the town, you know, disaster relief claiming that, you know, the necessary agencies are providing what's needed for the town right now, um, which is a crock of shit. First, the government lets Norfolk Southern dictate how to properly clean up the train wreck. You know how that went. Why is the government letting private companies dictate how disasters are dealt with? I mean, let's let's assume it's not Norfolk Southern's fault in the derailment. I mean, at most, they should advise on how to clean up mess like this because they should have protocols in place but not make the final decision i mean i remember democrats they're always claiming that republicans let companies you know big corporations dictate policy etc 
And here they are doing the exact same thing. I mean, there's a bunch of friggin' hypocrites. We can only hope the residents of East Palestine get some relief and due compensation for what will surely amount to large medical bills, lost wages, lost livestock. I'm anxious to see how the administration really handles that aspect. You know, are they going to get the people that, you know, help that they need? And we can all see the lawsuits are going to be coming. It's just a matter of time. Okay, I'm going to go back in time a little bit about a blog article I wrote about a week ago about John Fetterman, the senator from Pennsylvania. He flipped the once Republican seat by defeating Dr. Uh, Doctor Oz. Um, Fetterman suffered you know, a massive stroke during his campaign. It was May of 2022. And it's obvious that he has not fully recovered. You know, Just look at his performance during the debate with Dr. Oz and his most recent hospital visit. He has trouble understanding people. He needs a computer screen to have words written out for him, like in the debate. And if you watched it, honestly, it was, it was painful. It was really painful. He jumbled words, couldn't form complete sentences. However, Senator from now Senator Fetterman says he's fully capable of performing his duties as the Democratic senator from Pennsylvania. All right. Jump to February 9th. Fetterman's back in the hospital, um, this time in D.C. His office states that he didn't have a stroke or seizures, you know, and according to the MRI and other tests performed, you know, that didn't happen. Uh, in addition to the stroke he had in 2022 during the campaign, you know, he had a pacemaker with a defibrillator installed for arterial fibrillation and cardiomyopathy. Uh, I know all too well about AFib. Got a pacemaker myself, so I understand. It sucks. Uh, then candidate Fennerman would not release any medical records and wouldn't allow his doctors to discuss his you know, condition. So why is he a senator? Why did he, why did he get elected? Well, the Democratic Party propped him up and kept him going. Instead of, you know, insisting that he complete, you know, what surely would be extensive physical and occupational therapy. I mean, to me, allowing him to continue and serve just to keep up, you know, just to keep an extra Senate seat. I mean, that's cruel and insensitive. I mean, it it even borders on criminal in my head. Again, Democrats just want to make sure they have the majority in the Senate. But at what cost? To say they care about his health and well-being, it's fucking laughable. It just goes to show how far the left is willing to go to retain power. I mean, they're so afraid of not being in charge or losing someone, you know, losing power to someone like, let's say, Donald Trump, who, you know, they're just not going to stop. They're going to just keep going. I, I just don't understand it. I mean, this is just ridiculous. This poor man needs help. They, they should have told him to put it on hold, come back another time. Now, this week, he's checked himself into a hospital for clinical depression. Okay, there's no shame in that at all. Not one bit. I encourage people to do that. If you're, I mean, if you're depressed, you know, get help, please. I, again, 
no shame whatsoever. But with that said, I have to go back with, he never should have run in the first place. It's obviously, you know, it's obvious that his mental and physical well-being is not at 100%. It's probably not even at 80%. You know, I mean, to me, his mental and physical health take precedent over his career. I mean, Democrats just really have no shame when it comes to this sort of thing. Again, I have to call it criminally desperate that they didn't encourage him to bow out gracefully to seek help. Again, nothing wrong with that. Get himself better. Run another day, if that's what you want to do. Now, being admitted to the hospital for clinical depression, he's going to be out of the loop for several weeks, or maybe longer, depending upon how it goes. So he's not able to do the job the people elected him to do, which kind of baffles my mind that he got elected in the first place. I mean, I don't know what the people of Pennsylvania were thinking, but... That's neither here nor there. I mean, with this latest hospitalization, what really bothers me is they aren't, again, Democrats and the lamestream media are not saying he should focus on his health, bow out, focus on his health, get better, come back another day. But he shouldn't be there in the first place, but they're praising him for getting help. Okay, Fair enough. That's all well and good. But, you know, like this statement from credit, you know, Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut, you know, he said a stroke, a recovery, a bruising campaign and a transition to the Senate. I'm so proud of him for taking his health seriously. He's going to be a great senator for a long time. And I'm pulling for him today. OK, you're pulling for him. But at what cost? Look what this campaign has done to him. I mean, I think he knows he should have bowed out, but he felt like he was going to be letting everyone down if he didn't. So instead of focusing on his recovery and occupational therapy, he keeps going. I mean, the Dems and the lamestream media have to spin it anyway to make him look good. I mean, again, to watch him just try and answer simple questions, it's really sad. You know, I'm not making fun of him one bit. I mean, I'm not that cruel. I mean, it just reminds me of another person that shouldn't be in office due to the lack of cognitive functions that are you know, obviously diminishing, but that's for another time. I mean, with this country so divided and the reins of power, I mean, tipping back and forth, Democrats and, yes, Republicans will do whatever they can to hold on to that slim margin of power they have for as long as they can. You have Senator Fetterman in the Senate, and then, of course, there's Representative Santos in the House of Representatives, who I did a blog article about, you know, with my opinions on him. You know, Republicans need to stop supporting him and get him to resign. Now, I don't really say this about many people, at least out loud. I try to hold on to my inner voice. (laughs) Doesn't always work. But Santos, I'm sorry to say it, is a complete piece of shit. And he's a get out of Washington there's, you know, there's no, no reason he should be there. I mean, just look at all the bullshit he has spewed. All right. My, my friggin' head hurts now, so it's coffee time. I'm out of here. I hope my one listener enjoyed the show. You can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Getter, Instagram. 
Actually, I just joined Facebook. That's, but that's for another story. That's a good one. So hit that follow button. You know, I also have a blog, so you can sign up and get you know the latest articles at WTFPolitics.com. As always, I encourage you to do your research on the issues. Get involved. The time for staying silent is over. Make your voice heard. You know, and I hope you have a wonderful day, and God bless America.